Hello, Guardians. Today is March 3rd, 2023. My name is Dan Finity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. Hey, gang, and welcome back to Destiny Digest post-Lightfall. First episode post-Lightfall. I'm sure many of you are very excited to have played this week or to play this weekend. It's been a very exciting time in Destiny 2. Now, this week's episode is a little bit different uh, than other episodes that we've done. I think I say that maybe every time I approach this mic for Destiny Digest. But I don't have a guest. I don't have, uh, I don't really have a script uh, that I'm going to be talking from. I figured this is a good place to kind of give my thoughts on Lightfall, give my reactions to the story, to campaign, to difficulty, to Strand as a subclass, as well as a couple of other stray observations um, from my time playing this week. But first, I want to say thank you guys for coming and hanging out. It's been an honor to serve you guys over the past seven months. If you guys like what you're hearing, please consider rating and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. Anything you say helps us in the algorithm here. I hope that this show gives a deeper understanding to not only the, the mechanics of the game, but also the community and the people that make it up. On Thursday, we received the This Week at Bungie posted by Hippie. In it, we got a couple of huge bombshells. All of the Strand Fragments, the full suite, would be available later on this past Thursday, so on the 2nd. Reading from the TWAB, they state, As more players complete the Lightfall campaign and get their hands on Strand, we've heard the initial and constructive feedback. As with any new subclass in Destiny 2, we want to make sure Strand feels great in players' hands once they realized its full power. And that evolution doesn't stop at day one. To that end, we've decided to release a live update that will unlock the ability to earn the full suite of Strand Fragments for all players later today. While these additional fragments will be class-specific to unlock, you will need Strand Meditations to acquire them. This should be a great way for everyone to experience more of what Strand has to offer before we head into next week's raid. Speaking of which... We'll need to ensure Strand is balanced against the rest of our subclasses so everyone has a solid raid experience next week. And we'll be keeping an eye on Strand's performance as more players unlock it fully and wield it in the wild. Stay tuned as we get closer to the Root of Nightmares opening on March 10th. Yeah, that's right. The raid's name is Root of Nightmares. We found that out on Tuesday. I think it had been datamined and Bungie quickly, quickly posted, hey, this is the name of the thing. <laughs> the images for the announcement show six guardians up against the background of white. It looks like, it looks very floral. It looks kind of like what the Traveler shot out from its laser at the uh, pyramid ships in the opening cutscene for uh, Lightfall. I'm really excited to go in. I'm going to be going in on day one. And uh, with, with a really awesome fire team that, of course, will launch at 9 a.m. PST on the West Coast, 12 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast. And for those of you Brits out there, 5 p.m. GMT. We also got a little bit more information about the Among Us crossover that Destiny 2 and Bungie are doing. 
as well as a bunch of dates pretty much till the end of the season mapping out what to expect. This isn't the standard roadmap that they've released before. This is very much like dates. This is what you should be expecting (laughs) to play on this day. Uh, So the new Root of Nightmares raid will release week two on March 10th. Nightfalls, we will get the Heist Battleground Mars on week two on March 7th. March 14th, the Hypernet Current Arms Dealer will appear on March 21st. That was recently redone. The Glassway Strike will be the Nightfall on March 28th. And the newly revised Lake of Shadows will take place on April 4th. Grandmaster Nightfall Strikes will start their rotation on April 11th with the Proving Grounds. They haven't mentioned anything about the nodes, but expect the rotation to be Proving Grounds, Heist Battleground, Hypernet Current, the revised Arms Dealer, Glassway, and the revised Lake of Shadows until the end of the season. Trials of Osiris will take place on March 24th, March 31st, April 14th, April 21st, May 5th, May 12th, and May 19th. We get three Iron Banner weeks this season, with week three on March 14th, week six on March 4th, and week nine on April 25th. Guardian Games will return in May from May 2nd all the way till May 23rd. For more information and news celebrating the month of March with the phenomenal women at Bungie Club, be sure to check the link in the show notes. Now uh, to get into some Lightfall thoughts. This will contain spoilers, so if you are not finished with the campaign, if you're not finished with the story, now is a really good time to maybe bow out <laughs> of this episode. Like I think I said before, I don't really have a script for this. I do have a, a, a bare bones outline. I posted something on Wednesday uh, based on the first 12 hours of playing the campaign on Legendary. Now, I enjoy a good challenge, and um, last year when Witch Queen dropped, my buddy Jaden, a.k.a. Mod Sherpa, and I, we basically did the full campaign together on Legendary for Witch Queen. We took some we took some rests. <laughs> I didn't stream it mainly because I was in the midst of my uh, Twitch partner push and I was watching numbers really hard and I was starting to freak out. It was, it was a whole thing. But uh, we played it in the Discord. It was fun. Witch Queen is a phenomenal campaign, not just in Destiny, but I think you could you could stand it up against other games and it would speak volumes to the quality of the team at Bungie that built that thing. Now, Witch Queen had a much different job than I think Lightfall does when it comes to telling story. Witch Queen had to pay off years of lore, had to pay off years of buildup for Savathun, um, and act as a sequel to The Taken King, which is maybe the second most revered DLC in all of Destiny 2. Lightfall, in all of the preamble leading up to this, they described it as an action movie, like an 80s action movie, cyberpunk dream, Strand even is this action per minute super that that makes you feel like a superhero. I logged in on Tuesday. I, I played this, the legendary campaign solo, and the cutscenes are beautiful, beautifully rendered surprising um 
there were several moments that made me pop really hard, particularly when the traveler opened up, firing its its beam at the pyramid ships, settling on one and kind of drilling into it almost to welcome the witness into into it. Which did anybody else notice that the the traveler looked looked kind of like a servitor there? Anyways, I digress. Um it was it was really heavy, like seeing this space god being that we really don't have much of a relationship to other than it giving us power. Uh it was it was incredible to see it maybe give itself over to the witness, or maybe it's following some sort of programming. I don't know. What was also crazy to see was the sincere concern from every member of the uh, Destiny 2 cast that was present, the appearance of the witness. I think this DLC um, had a tough job because not only do you have to balance a character as arcane and as grimdark as the witness with this kind of, I don't want to say goofy, 80s movie campaign but it kind it kind of is i mean there's a there's even a a training montage halfway through but it has to to balance that grimdark with the 80s action movie and i think in places it does that exceedingly well now when i was discussing the story for for lightfall with my friends mr dunes and mod sherpa we play together every tuesday when i was discussing the story with them last night the comparison to a Marvel movie came up. I'm not a huge fan of Marvel movies anymore. I kind of got burnt out on them. Um, mainly because I, I think they oversaturated the market. Uh, it is, I kind of feel like the stories are assembled in blocks and they use those same blocks over and over again to tell the same story, but just with a few different characters here and there. The eighties action movie part of Lightfall kind of feel um, the same way. I don't want to say that it feels cliched. I do want to say that um, this one's just not as much for me as Witch Queen was. It's t- it's tough for me to to compare the two because they both have very different jobs. Um, Lightfall, I think, relies too heavily on you're playing the mission you're going through and then... It wants to introduce you to Strand. So it introduces you to Strand for five minutes and then it takes it away only to give it back to you maybe five minutes late. It's that felt weird to me the entire time. I I kind of, when I was playing the the first mission and they introduce you to it, I was like, oh, this is cool. They got to give it to you in mission two, right? And then they didn't. And so... I was like, oh, they got to give it to you in mission three, right? And then they didn't. And like on and on and on until you finally unlock it after you beat the entire Lightfall campaign, which I can understand why you would do it this way. It's just not my preferred way that I would like to receive a new power. I feel like if they had given us Strand really, really early. So like maybe in mission two, they give you Strand but it is a wild form of it. And each mission afterward, or even a separate quest line altogether that allows you to pick up fragments 
that allowed you to pick up aspects and just kind of mix and match as you played may have been a better experience within the overall uh, gameplay experience of the campaign itself. I did have uh, huge moments that that got me excited for uh, for the future of Destiny. Um, like I said, the the traveler opening up and and shooting with the flower laser. Also, in the new strike that we got, the hypernet, where where we find out that Nezarak, which is a name that keeps coming up over and over again in the campaign, when new tormentors show up. We find out that Nezarak is speaking to the citizens of Neomuna. That blew my mind. I'm I'm very excited. There's a lot of speculation out in the community that um, Nezarak will be the boss for Root of Nightmares. All I know is they're ramping up to something with him. That made me very excited about, about the future of Destiny. I did feel like Lightfall does fill a story in a Campbell-esque trilogy where the hero goes on the journey in the middle think of think of lightfall as empire strikes back a little bit nothing's going right everything that could go wrong is going wrong you do that in the middle in order to have the hero triumph in the third act the the very last episode of what we're going to find out is the final shape in in destiny 2 in parts it feels it feels like that. You feel the weight and the impact and the stakes that are involved in losing the Traveler and losing, uh, and possibly losing your ability to protect humanity as a Guardian. And in other aspects, you know, you're doing the training montage. <laughs> or you're finding out a little bit about the Veil, that it exists, that it looks like Roots but you don't really go any deeper than that. I'm hoping that over the course of this year, we find out more and more about the veil and that it isn't just something that they're like, you know, the veil, the veil, you know, the veil, the veil, like they kind of did with the darkness for so long in destiny Two. When it comes to Neomuna, I really enjoyed uh, the personality of the striders. I don't know what it is about, Nimbus's jovial nature, but I find myself drawn to it, and I just want to hang out with them for like an afternoon or something. Like they'll be huge. I think it would be a fun time. I think we'd probably like smash some brewskis and enjoy a laugh or two while we silver surfer around Neptune. That sounds like a that sounds like a rad time to me. I know there's a lot of discussion around the Striders right now in the community, not only because of the non-binary nature of Nimbus, but also because of the the way that Rohan was kind of introduced and almost thrown away immediately. I haven't gotten too deep into the post-campaign missions or quest lines. I'm hoping that there's something there in those that kind of redeems his sacrifice because it, it rings hollow a little bit. He seems like a cool character, just not given enough runway to really make any connection to there's a, there's a point in uh, one of the missions I've played, I've played the, um, the campaign twice now, once on legendary difficulty on my Titan, once on normal on my warlock, but we'll get to that in a little bit. At one point in the story, you are going to the Vex network. I believe the mission is called head on and you're going into the Vex network in order to practice strand 
And Rohan is brought up by Ghost, who says Rohan would have said head on and nothing to show for it. And the, and the delivery is very morose, but it doesn't feel like that relationship is earned because they may be met for like five seconds in the entirety of the story so far. And it, it, it feels weird and it feels a little hollow. I did like how active Osiris was in his role this entire campaign. Um, I've been joking around that he seems like the, <laughs> he seems like the downtrodden dad who's just like, I just need this win for so long. And he, he shows up, he knows the most about Neptune. He, he's investigated the veil. He's, he is the person who is our guide. Not only he is the person that is our guide outside of the Striders to this new world and now to this new ability with Strand. And I'm, and I'm glad to see him back in that mentor role. But once again, most of, most of his stuff had to do with Strand and less so about the veil. I kind of wish it, if you could change the ratio on that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, and we could get more information on what the veil is. That to me would make it, that to me would make his role in the campaign more interesting. I liked most of the missions and the ad density in Neomuna, I think Neomuna is a beautiful, beautiful space. Um, at first, I, I kind of complained that it felt uh, a little unlived in, but knowing the lore now, where when the city goes under attack, the citizenry put themselves into a deep sleep, upload their consciousness to a network that then ex- still exists in the city <laughs> as lights. Is phenomenal. I it's a sci-fi concept that uh, I'm not sure I've heard before. I don't know if I do a better job of showing that in the space than what Bungie did here. I feel like that's a really cool concept, and they did a great job on the execution of that. Knowing that, that kind of made the city seem even more lively. I enjoyed the locations in Neomuna. I enjoyed. The locations on uh, Callus's ship. I also enjoyed the mechanic and the visual updates that they did for the Shadow Legion Cabal, making them more challenging. The final boss fight with Callus, that two phaser, that old school two phaser with Callus, was remarkable. I think that's probably the best boss fight that Destiny Two has ever had for a story campaign. Like I'm thinking of of Zola, I'm thinking of of Gaul, I'm thinking of Panoptes. Panoptes was really, really on the rails, but this was great because you're in the arena, you're in the mix with him. I thought that was great. That was another moment that I popped. That I was just like, oh, we get the, oh my god, seriously, and it was really fun. Now the Strand subclass itself, I started out on Titan in the Legendary campaign, and I did that mainly because people were shitting on it. Um, in the weeks leading up to Lightfall, uh, when they revealed Titan as, uh, I believe Rev put it as Green Punch, people got really, really down on it. I, I'm somebody who who tends to try to give a fair shake, and I try not to buy into everything that everyone says on Twitter. 
So I decided to try it out for myself. And Strand is a lot of fun on Titan. It is fast. Um, I really enjoy the ability to suspend enemies in the air. I think it has huge potential for ad clear or just even taking trash mobs out of the equation for a little bit for things such as the raid that's coming up next Friday. The grapple is interesting. It kind of feels weightless in not like a Spider-Man way. When you, when you think of Spider-Man grappling, it has weight to it. It has tension. Strand's grapple is a little more floaty. It doesn't really feel like a power so much as an extension of self. The other character that I've played on, the Warlock, that I ran through the normal mode, I, I like the magic missile aspect of it. I like the Threadlings. The Threadlings are, are cool. I think, I think the Warlock's version of the subclass has a lot of promise to it in its action per minute uptime. I found myself magic missling. I found myself laying down wells in order to create threadlings. I, it was I, shooting out the dart from your hand melee. That was all fun. Uh, Strand is fun to play with. Um, and I'm seeing some wacky things on Twitter about the hunter subclass just taking down bosses, especially in the prophecy. I saw a video of him taking down the phalanx boss in uh, the prophecy and wow, that is, that was, it was bonkers. It was nuts. I'm sitting here in, in the waiting screen for first contact on my hunter, excited to at least start the mission and see what, see what it feels like. But yeah, I feel, I feel like strand is fun. Uh, I think they did a good thing in opening up all the fragments before they were staggered. So like some were available this week, some were available after the seventh and then some were available after the raid. I'm glad that they made the decision to just give you the full suite, let you play with it with an eye toward tuning. Once again, I, I'm not, I'm a fan of strand as a subclass. I'm not a huge fan of how they rolled that out in the campaign, but that, f but releasing all the fragments feels true to how they should have released it initially. Kudos to Bungie for doing that. Now, the legendary difficulty, I found um, the campaign difficulty was uh, I pl playing solo. It was challenging. It was really challenging. Um, I didn't mess a lot with mods so much. They have simplified uh, the mod selection. Basically, I just went into each of my characters and added as much resilience as I needed to get me up to 100. I had some, some armor pieces that already put me pretty high up there uh, for the 100 resilience, knowing that I'd get the 30% damage reduction by doing that. And um, in legendary mode, everything was challenging because of ad density. There's a lot of those guys and they're all firing at you and they're all pretty good shots. I really enjoyed that aspect of the legend campaign. I think the payoff was fine when it came to rewards the reason why I'm running normal campaign on the Warlock is just to get stasis out of the way. I don't need to be a hero running legendary on each of these characters. I just just need to do it the once on the Titan. Normal's okay for everything else because I'm already over Delta for many of these activities. I will say that I stumbled quite a bit. Um, there is a lot of physics weirdness that comes... Not only with Strand, but with how they've tuned the physics of uh, Destiny 2. 
So that when you get bounced off a wall, there's a... So when you get bounced off a wall, you only have a sliver of health. I've had, I had like 50 phalanxes throughout the campaign just decide to say, get down, Mr. President, and bop me with their shield. Almost to the point where I was like, all right, and I'm putting it down for the night. Uh, but I persevered. I would say I got physics probably the most. Uh, and just learning the skill of grappling with Strand and their, that's abilities. Those were the two pain points, but it was a skill issue at least when it came to uh, Strand's abilities. I would say probably the most egregious of the issues with the with the odd physics was in that final boss room with Callus. Uh, I don't know how many times I attempted that boss, but I would get him to the second phase, and he would just he would just throw me throw me for a loop more times than I uh, more times than I care to count. I'd probably be pretty upset with myself if I actually knew the number. But um yeah, that was that was probably the the worst bit of it for me in my experience. I'm trying to think of things that were helpful during my runs both in legendary and normal. Um I pretty much kept the same loadout for both characters after I kind of after I locked into a style. Um Wither Horde still puts in a lot of work. I wanted to use Anarchy, but it just didn't feel like it was doing as much tick as what Wither Horde would do. So I swapped back over to that. I had a funnel web most of my playtime. Sometimes changing that out for a forbearance. That's the waveframe grenade launcher from Vow of the Disciple Raid. When I wasn't using Wither Horde, I was using the crate auto rifle. In the heavy slot, it really depended. Sometimes it was cataclysmic. Sometimes it was a fire and forget, mainly because of the, the triple burst stasis, which I found especially helpful during the callus fight and when dealing with tormentors. That extra couple bolts immediately afterward did a considerable amount of damage. I also was using a hothead adept for some of the campaign as well. And once I locked into that uh, on Titan, after kind of messing around a little bit, I really... Just use that for the entire rest of the campaign. Warlock, same thing. Uh, with my Titan, I didn't really have a super in mind that I was going to use throughout the whole thing. And I quickly decided against trying to stick with one, especially with how often they they shifted you in and out of Strand. With Warlock, I did use... Uh, I used Stasis the entire time with Osmiomancy for a double turret stasis grenades and even when i was attempting to run things on legendary edge just didn't stand a chance with that on hunter i'm anticipating using the void subclass but we'll see i'm still going to use wither horde i'm still going to use uh fire and forget i'm still going to use funnel web for most of this campaign i just it's it's a playstyle that i'm used to now it's a playstyle that i'm good at one of the things that I would say for Legend is don't stop moving. If you if you are playing the Legendary version of the campaign solo or with like one or two extra buddies, I heard that it's not too bad on two or three. But if you're playing, don't stop moving. Especially in that final boss room, they don't really give you a chance to breathe. Uh, tormentors are formidable. Uh, and the ones that are lucky enough to be finishable, uh, you should take that, take that money and run, kid. Um, that said, Strand is able to suspend them 
and tormentors can be frozen. So do with that information what you will, hopefully for success. I do want to see tormentors in more activities. I feel like they have a place in in-game content that even the Hive Guardians didn't. Hive Guardians make sense to be locked in to the throne world because thematically that's their place, right? Tormentors could just show up anywhere and they would be terrifying and they would be formidable and they would be welcome because they're not a champion. (laughs) The UI and the UX were phenomenal in this. Um, I am looking right now. My buddies, uh, Jaden and Dunes and I, played all night together and like giving commendations and so forth. That's really fun. I, I like the commendation aspect of the game. I know that it resets every season. Um, and, and some folks are upset by that, but that's, it, it's just good, clean fun <laughs> at the end. Just giving your buddy a commendation. Um, I do like the new journey tab. I, I feel like the guardian ranks and how they're displayed makes sense. And I'm look. I'm looking forward. I'm my aim this season is I'm going to hit Paragon. I'm going to. I have to. It's a point of pride. I need to do that. Also, the music on the campaign. I don't normally listen to Destiny Two music, um, mainly because I'm helping people. And I learned long, long ago that if I listened to the music for the encounters, it actually put me more on edge. So if I have something on in the background that is completely, completely separate from the game it actually helps me to focus more but i played the campaign all the way through with the uh, musical score and it's just beautiful that you you guys bungie just keeps knocking out all out of the park uh when it comes to those teams um and i'm excited to see what new work the ui and ux team does as well as as well as uh the music and the upcoming expansions I don't think there's a bad song in the Destiny 2 uh, repertoire. It's, they just do such a good job. Um, I would like more Puka lore. I would like a lot of Puka lore, please. If you could just put it in my hand right here, please. Thank you. Oh, another thing that I did. So when I did change off of the weapons that I was talking about earlier, um, I did get to play around with the new stasis bow, and I really like it. I, I think it's I think it's really cool. I need to play more with it, especially with my Osmio Mancy Warlock. But um that's a it was a really, really cool bow. It has a light heft to it, which I like. Not only that, but you get to be like Robin Hood men in tights with it too. That's, that's kind of funny. I kind of adore archery and I never never really put that together in my mind. I like I'm not a good archer in real life, but you know put it in a video game, put it in a movie. I'm all for it. When it comes to build crafting, I haven't really messed with it all that much outside of adding just simple mods. It They seem to have simplified everything down so it, an idiot such as I <laughs> could even understand how to how to put something together for grenades or how, how to put something together if I wanted to build into a specific um, melee like melee downtime. I do hear a lot of people complaining about the uh, ability, the the time to get your abilities lately. I don't really feel like I experienced that. I'm, 
I'm more just trying to figure out all the new stuff that's coming in so I can teach others about it. And I'm, I'm not really so much worried about creating the most optimal build or even setting a loadout um, in that new tab. I think it's cool and I think I'll use it eventually, but I just haven't, I haven't tinkered around with it because there's so much else to do. It's like a slot machine, man. There's so many lights. There's so many sounds. There's so many things moving around that you just, you want to get in the mix with it. Outside of all of that, that's pretty much um, my thoughts on Lightfall so far. I streamed last night with Dunes and uh, Mod and had a lot of fun in Destiny, just kind of like grinding powerfuls and, and pinnacles. And it's not often that I feel like I play a lot of diverse activities in one sitting and like a six hour sitting. And we were off doing like all sorts of stuff to try to get pinnacles and powerfuls and everything. And I think I'm going to try to um, prioritize doing that in the future in order to keep from burnout. Um, other things that affect content creators, because look, we play the game a lot. We play the game a lot. Sure. We understand how things work, but you know, sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need a little like, I, like I played Jedi Fallen Order before Destiny 2 Fall, Lightfall came out. That game's a lot of fun. But anyways, I'm getting into rambly territory now. So <laughs> that was my Lightfall experience so far. Uh, why don't you tell me about yours? Either on Twitter or in my Discord, discord.gg forward slash Danfinity. Lots of wonderful folks there. But yeah, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. What you think works, what you feel are the pain points what you're hoping to see in the next year of Lightfall, all of that, let me know. Twitter, discord.gg forward slash Danfinity. One of those two. <laughs> My name's Danfinity. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikTok at Danfinity, where the eyes are else. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week, helping guardians with in-game activities and Destiny 2. If you'd like to support the show, please remember to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. Anything you say helps us in the algorithm. If you'd like to toss me three bucks a month to help keep the lights on over here, head on over to coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. All the links are in the notes for the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are enjoying Lightfall, and I hope you find what you're grinding for.